0: Hi, Hugo. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm good, thank you. Welcome you?
0: to my podcast. Um, it's called K Creates Conversation. So today, I want to talk about your charity. I want you to explain what it's about to our listeners.
1: Okay, so thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Uh, so my charity is called the and Bamfield Foundation. And it's launching this week which is really exciting after five years of uh, being a campaign organisation, which was called Hugo's Earthquake, uh, to begin with. And the aims of the family, uh, we have a few aims. It's to respond to homelessness, which is our main goal, and then also uh, ensure that investigations take place into every death of a person who is homeless. We also want to make sure... Uh, that there is appropriate services for people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness or are vulnerable in each area of the country, and the one thing I'm really, really passionate about, and I realise it's Pride Month this this month, so it's even more passionate, is I want the charity to be the the force behind setting up a advisory group in government for LGBT homeless people and make sure that there are services um, funded by central government which will support LGBT people who are homeless as they are overrepresented in the homeless community but the services don't target the sheer amount of people. So uh, that's one thing that I'm really, really pushing for and of course we will be running campaigns like we're about to launch somewhere in summer which raises awareness of homelessness in summer and the fact that actually just because it's hot weather means that it's actually sometimes even more dangerous than cold weather for our sleepers Uh, so we have lots lots going on so it's, it's really exciting. Sound
0: like a busy guy so let's go back to the foundation of all of this so what made you want to be a part of making a difference to people who are rough sleepers, who haven't had it so lucky as a lot of us to have a roof over our heads. So what made you want to to do that? What has been the inspiration behind you coming to this point and have been running this charity for as long as you have?
1: Uh, So I, in 2008, when I was just 18, I became homeless after a relationship breakdown um, with my ex-partner and I left my family home 8 months before uh and I didn't want to go back and you know my partner was abusive and and kind of treated me really badly so I walked out and left and I said I'm better than, than this uh and then I sofa surfed for 3 months I slept one night on the street and then I was supported uh by a charity in in Hereford in Herefordshire and I managed to get appropriate support, counselling, budgeting advice and uh, housing and I then kind of got got involved in youth work which was around supporting people who had just been through the same thing I'd been on, been through and people who uh, had other challenges in their life because actually homelessness isn't just about losing your home very often nine times out of ten homelessness is about another issue and losing your accommodation is a secondary symptom of the the, the primary problem so for me it was relationship breakdown i wasn't homeless because i lost my home um, i lost my home as a consequence of having this breakdown of Uh, My personal relationship. So it's really important to note that homelessness isn't just about housing and very often it's about other things which need to be dealt with at the same time. And then through that experience, and that was 12 years ago, uh, I've worked with hundreds of young people, many of them um, homeless, many of them in hostels, many of them were sleeping, uh, many of them sofa surfing. Uh, I've been part of kind of government funded programs to go and educate people um, like businesses and charities and um, politicians about homelessness. And then I did a youth work degree at the University of Worcester in 2012. And my last in my last year in 2016, I went to a lecture which was all about um Homelessness, uh, sorry, activism and standing up for what you believe in. And I went home that night and I wrote a blog post about my experience a few years ago before. And that blog post, I shared it on Twitter, I shared it on Facebook and kind of told people about it. And within, you know, a couple of days or within hours, but certainly a couple of days, I had lots of interest. So I was invited to go on BBC Hereford and Worcester. I was invited to write an article for the newspaper. I was interviewed by a, chief, um, a hostel chief executive in Worcester um, and it, it gained a lot of traction and I made the choice to run with it and kind of go, okay, it, you know, I've got all of this attention about my story um, and I want to change people's mindsets about homelessness because there's a lot of negative stereotypes. So I ran with it and it, it kind of evolved into this campaign. And within a month of us or me uh, starting, we had our first kind of challenge uh, to Worcester City Council. And then ever since then, it's been a really ruxious relationship with them. But it's been really productive and I've learned a lot. I've been running it since 2015 Um, I've learned a lot. I would like to say we've helped hundreds of people. I mean, thousands of people come to our website. Um, I think we're the only charity, homeless organisation in the country which has all the local authority emergency numbers for England and Wales. So that that has by far been our most visited web, web page. And of course, we... In the last four years, I've had the Justice for Carden campaign, which has been a huge task, which I genuinely thought would only take a couple of months. Um, That happened in October 2016. Um, So Carden's body was found in July 2016, but it took until October uh, 2016 to identify him. And that's when the news broke that he was found uh, in a tent in Worcester. So... Uh, and I genuinely thought it would last me a couple of months until kind of middle of two thousand and seventeen and now we're heading into um, now we're heading into uh July two thousand and twenty where it's the fourth anniversary of his body being found so yeah
0: so that sounds really like amazing what you're doing like I can like i like, wow, like it sounds like you've got your plan in place, you know where you're going and you know you want to take it to. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit and I'm going to ask a few questions. So you said that it's been obviously a bit of a challenge with your story and everything in between. So what are some of the preconceptions and stereotypes that you have come across that has been challenging for you in your time in the media with everything?
1: So one of the really common misconceptions is rough sleeping is the only form of homelessness and the most uh, common form of homelessness, <clears throat> and it's the most seen form mm. of homelessness, but it's not the most common. So it accounts for about 16 to 20 percent, and you'll get varying figures, but 16 to 20 percent of people who are uh, homeless are on the streets rough sleeping. The other 80% of that are people in really uncertain tenancies, people who are leaving uh, hospital and prisons without an address to go to. They're technically classed as homeless. Then you have people who uh, have had breakdowns or relationship uh, failures and they become sofa surfers. So a sofa surfer is staying Mm -hmm. on someone's sofa um, even though you don't, you have a roof over your head. It's not your roof, and it's not secure, and you are technically classed as homeless. So rough sleeping is the most visible, but the least prevalent form of homelessness. And trying to combat that is really tricky, because I, and this has happened many times in since I started the charity. You spend. I've spent weeks and days and months challenging people's opinions, and then a TV documentary about homelessness will be shown on on the TV, and you'll have hundreds of thousands of people, millions po- possibly watching it. And most homeless documentaries on TV talk about rough sleeping, and they all being drug dealers or you know, drinking alcohol, you know, being scruffy, committing antisocial behaviour. And it just puts the work of that, that what we've done, what I've done, what the charity has done, it sets it back six, seven, eight months. And we have to then try and re-educate people. And the problem is, because they've seen a documentary on like the BBC or Channel 4 or another TV station, they, they think that it has massive authority and it's all true. Um, and it's really hard to break and cut through that and say, actually, yes, it's partly true, but that isn't the whole picture. The whole picture is a lot more messy, complicated and bigger. Um, that's been one challenge. Another challenge has been around... Uh, how people should deal with rough sleepers and not just throw money in their lap or in their hat and walk on
0: we've had this conversation uh, previously I apologise for interrupting but we've had this conversation quite recently actually um, where I asked you what do we do because my understanding is sometimes you can't always give money but it's also nice to stop and ask someone their name Um So how do you go about, for someone listening right now that doesn't know, that wants to help people who are homeless or rough sleepers, how would you recommend going about that?
1: Yeah, it's a great, great question. So what I would say is you don't have to give money. Um, You don't have to give food or drink. You can simply give compassion, which is like you were saying, and we've talked about. It's... um, kneeling down to someone's height so you sit down with them you don't stand over them because that makes everyone feel uncomfortable um if you've ever been stood over you'll understand how kind of uncomfortable that make makes you so you kneel down to them and you just say hi my name is hugo or okay uh whatever your name is and what's yours what's your story um how are you uh are you okay what's up And you'll find that they're probably, nine times out of ten, very willing to talk to you, very kind of like, oh, my goodness, yeah, hi, I'm Bob, or I'm Jennifer. Yeah, um, this is my story. This is how I became homeless. This is what happened to me. And you'll find that it's like verbal diarrhea. They don't stop. And the reason for that, generally, is... Just just imagine for a moment, you're sitting on the street and your your line is to people's kind of knees and bottom half of their legs. And you see thousands of legs every day walk past you, especially if you're in a city and you get ignored. And then you have one person who sits next to you and goes, hi, I actually want to talk to you. And I want to hear you and I want to give you that dignity of being able to respond and listen. And if you think about that, if you think about everyone who you talk to in a day, if you imagine they all ignored you but one person, how willing would you be to talk to that person just to be heard for that five minutes that someone gives you? Um, And that's how it feels for a homeless person, a person who is homeless, sorry. And... Language is really important there. And also, um, if you are prepared to give money or give food or drink or buy food and drink, make sure you ask them what they want before you go get it. Because if you just go to Greg's and buy a sausage roll and a cup of tea and just give it to a homeless a person who, on the street and then just walk on, um, without asking them if they want it, then actually you might not be helping them. Because if you've bought them a sausage roll and they're Muslim or vegetarian, they won't eat it. If you bought them a cup of tea and it has milk in, but they're allergic to dairy products or are vegan, then they can't drink it. So you have tried to help by kind of, you know, buying something that you think they need, but actually they can't eat or drink that potentially so who is it helping when actually all you could have said is hi i'm hugo um i hope you're okay i have a couple of minutes i have some spare change i'd like to buy you something what would you like and if someone is vegan they are not going to order something that they can't eat or drink um if someone you know you don't you go into mcdonald's you don't order something you don't want and that's the same with people who are homeless they don't order a cup of coffee if they don't like coffee they'll order water or juice or whatever so just give them the dignity and the choice and that is humanity and that is compassion in its greatest form you don't have to give anything financial um and it also it's really important to know to know that you don't have to do that for absolutely every person you see on the street we are all busy. We all have very uh, kind of hectic lives. And I walk past people who are homeless all the time. I generally, if I if I am walking past, I'll generally say hi. Um, in fact, I will say hi. And I'll make a point of saying hi. And I'll, I'll make it so they can hear and other people can hear. Uh, sometimes I'll sit down and talk to them if I have time. But actually just saying hi... Gives them the greater sense of relief and um, actually makes them feel like a person when they might not feel it themselves. Of
0: course, because there is that notion of invisibility, like you said. Imagine thousands of people walking past you and no one stops to say hello or talk to you. You probably, I can only imagine that a person would feel invisible. Um, continuing on from what you said briefly, um, I'd like to touch on the whole language aspect. So we've had this conversation before as well, how I prefer to say people that are homeless and you agreed with me. So we had a we had a really interesting conversation about this. So can you just explain to me why language is important for people listening?
1: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the humanity aspect. Um, we are people who have homes, but you don't say that. If you call a person a homeless person you're just immediately putting a label on them and you're kind of putting their situation before their humanity and that's why you should say a person who is homeless and I you've heard in this podcast I've tripped up and I've said it and I immediately straight away corrected myself so you know it's okay to make that mistake um if you say a person who is homeless you're recognizing that they are an actual they are actually an individual and they're treated the same uh, as everyone else. They just happen to not have a home. Whereas if you say homeless person, it puts them on a lower kind of um, in in the social hierarchy, if you like. If you, when you say homeless person, it puts them lower than everyone else uh, because they don't have something that the majority of people have. But that's not right, because actually they are still a human. They still have emotions. They still have feelings. They still have human rights. They still have potentially friends, family, relationships, connections, a job, education, employment. So it's wrong for us to say homeless people. Um, it's right for us to say people who are homeless. And also, ideally, like... I have done with uh, the Cardin and Banfield campaign, you use their name. You don't just say someone I met on the street. You say Jay. You, you say, you know, those, whoever, whatever their name is. So language is really important to uh, make sure that those people um, who have fallen on really hard times through either their, their own fault or, you know, through circumstances outside their control, make sure that they have the dignity of being recognised and called a person.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, so I'm going to backtrack again. So you said previously that the, I want to say tagline, but it's not a tagline. So your message with the charity is the Carden Banfield Foundation responding to homelessness now.
1: It's, yeah, responding to homelessness. Yes.
0: Sorry, I apologise. I wrote that out wrong. Responding to homelessness. So how do you go about, what does that mean and how do you go about it?
1: That's a really good question. And it's a question that um, when I came up with it, lots of people said, what does that mean? And my trustees decided to, we had a, big discussion about it and um, the reason i chose responding to homelessness was to position ourselves as as a charity which doesn't say that homelessness can be ended because realistically in its simplest form homelessness can't be ended rough sleeping can be you can take everyone off the of sleep uh, off the of streets and we have seen that 90 percent of people have been taken off the streets during COVID. Um, But that doesn't stop people having relationship breakdowns, um, leaving prison, leaving hospital and not having a home to go to. It doesn't stop um, families kicking their loved ones out. Um, So it's really important to realise and notify people that we can't ever end homelessness in all its forms so responding to homelessness is saying recognizing that anyone can become homeless and unfortunately and tragically it doesn't discriminate uh homelessness doesn't pick a gender or a sex or uh a, a you know someone's race or disability or ability it, it or age it literally can happen to anyone and It is likely to happen to someone listening to this podcast at some point in their life, um, statistically. And it's really important to know that it may happen. I'm not saying it will, and I hope it doesn't. And we are there to say, okay, whatever situation you are in and you come to us in, be that you've been threatened with eviction be that you have been evicted, or be that you're actually on the streets, um, and those are three very common circumstances, whatever situation you come to us, we will respond to that. And we will respond in the most appropriate way to try and stop it getting to crisis. So hopefully people, um, um, we, I believe in prevention rather than cure, or is better than cure, Um, I really hope and encourage people to contact us when uh, and if they get that eviction letter um, or when they are being evicted um, so we can try and stop them falling onto the streets because once people are on the streets it's a lot harder to get support for them. Um, It's not impossible but it's a lot harder. So if we can try and um, respond to a situation to stop it getting to you know, drastic crisis um, that is our aim and it's, I mean it's not the best slogan to describe it but I think it. it's a slogan which is honest, it's truthful truthful, and it says what it does on the tin, uh, really and it's a slogan which will probably evolve and change over time. Uh, but yeah, I want us to position ourselves as being open to anyone in in that situation and being able to give them the right um, signpost to help or help uh, with our own services um, and stop them falling down kind of the rabbit hole of, homelessness because it's not just an option um it's not an option it doesn't have to be an option um like like me you can recover from it and you can get on with your life and go to university and get a good job and you know become really successful so um that's that's what we want people to do uh, while recognizing that there is always going to be a problem so
0: to conclude where can people go for help? Where can people reach you? Where can people find more information on this?
1: So our social media, if you search Carden Banfield Foundation or at Carden BFDN, or one word, you will find our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll soon be launching on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, and then on there, you will find the links to our website, which... Uh, at time of recording we haven't launched yet um but most likely will be cardenbranfield.org um so yeah just go onto our social media and that that's where you can contact us as well if you want to volunteer or if you need help or advice if you uh if you just want some more information about homelessness or housing or your situation uh, then do feel free um also on the hugo's earthquake website which we're archiving we're not deleting it we're just simply putting it to one side um hugosug.wordpress.com there is a wealth of information on there so um yeah please do get in touch with us uh, at CardenBFDN, um hugosug.wordpress.com and also hopefully CardenBamfield.org. so um, and we're always happy to respond
0: Thank you very much for your time, Hugo. That was very insightful. I've learned a lot. I hope our viewers have, our listeners have even. Um, and any questions, um, I'm sure you're open to answering any that people throw at you. So I'm going to wholeheartedly encourage uh, reaching out to you and tweeting, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so people can be more educated on the matter and make a difference in any way, I hope.
1: That would be great. Thank you. All right, you yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions from anyone. So please, if you get any questions on your page, direct them to me and I'm more than happy to answer too.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you very much for your time.
1: No, thank you for having me on the first inaugural <laughs> episode of your podcast. Yes. It's been great.
0: First of many. <laughs> Right. Have a lovely day. Thank you all for listening. Any topics you want to hear about, uh, get in touch. Um, I will leave the social media handles at the bottom and I will add Hugo's social media um, handles there as well. And the links to the Cardin Banfield Foundation, which is launching on the 5th of July.